Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Well, are you ready to be stung? Okay, this is, this is kind of a prickly passage. And there's a couple of wrong ways to approach this passage. One way is that this passage doesn't really apply to me. That would be wrong. That's the Lord knows you, the Lord made you, the Lord made his word to be forceful in your lives. Of course, the other way that you can approach this passage is that I'm the one or the only one that they're talking about. That would be wrong too. Everybody, everybody falls under the gaze of God for how they are living their Christian walk. And James, in this process of going through James as faith does and living the good life, I would like to say that if you're living by keeping things undone, except those things which are pleasing to you, then you're not going to live the good life. Holy Spirit knows you. Holy Spirit is around. He's here. Jesus is here. And he knows your heart. And he won't let you be. He won't give you that peace which passes all understanding. Unless you receive all that he has for you and put it into practice in your lives. That's difficult. I should know. It's difficult for me. So I understand you, and I forgive you, but we cannot leave it at that. We have to encourage one another. Not only do we build one another up, not only do we say, well, you're doing okay. You may not be doing okay. But we encourage one another to look to the Lord. To go to the scriptures, to let them have place in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds, so that the Lord teaches us and guides us and corrects us. We want that. Oh, dear ones. The Lord chastens those whom he loves. Are we going to receive only good from the Lord and not difficult things as well? I say to the God whom I worship, whatever you want to do with me, however you want to treat me, as long as it's you, I will accept it as wonderful in my life. Let's go to James. We're going to look through James 4.13 through 5-6. It's uh, written there, printed in your bulletin, and uh, uh, I thought maybe it would be on the screen, but it's not. So let's, uh, let's pray. Thanks, Heavenly Father, for this scripture. Thank you for telling us the truth in all ways. Thank you for giving us life and breath and Capabilities. Thank you for our gifts, our 
our abilities and our spiritual gifts too. Heavenly Father, we ask you to not let us waste them, but do according to the scriptures and Jesus' life. We pray it in his precious name. Amen. Be very attentive to the word of God. Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvester have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves In the day of slaughter, you have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not opposing you. The Lord blessed to us this reading of his word. Well, I told you it would sting. Those words are for us all, everyone, particularly particularly we who are in the Western world. If you are not scrounging every day for a little something to eat, if you are one who has no shelter and no place to lay your head, if you're someone who is oppressed every day, if you're like that, then this passage may not apply in some way or another. But remember, the Lord has given us, each one, our station. It is so important to understand this. Oh, man, if I just had better words, if I just used more words, maybe it would sink in. But I know it's hard because it's hard for it to sink into me. And I know it's hard for you to sink into you. You don't have what you have. Because of your works. 
It was given you by God. Now, that is, I know it, it, that doesn't seem right because we make decisions and, and, and we work hard all day long and we pray and ask and all of that. And it seems for all the world that we're doing the thing which makes us wealthy. It seems like we're doing the things which we're supposed to be doing, those things we are told by God that we leave out. But it's not like that. We fall short. We fall short. If, if you don't think so, then the Lord said it. In Romans, he said, all have, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. From the least to the greatest, from the poorest to the richest, from the ugliest to the prettiest, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we, that reason right there gives us cause to pay attention to this passage. Now listen. It's very important. James is saying, listen, I want you to pay attention to this word. You who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. Spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Plans. We all make them. We all make plans, don't we? I make plans, you make plans. But what's in your heart? Do you include God in those plans? He says this, why you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. We don't. Who here knows what will happen tomorrow? What will even happen this afternoon? We don't know. He says, what is your life? We think we're something. I've been there. I've thought I was something. You know. I've got the preparation. I've got the degrees. I've got all the experience and all that kind of stuff. And it's easy to fall in the trap to think that maybe, just maybe, I've got what I've got and my life is like my life is because, well, it's me. To bring us down to reality. Remember, there's, there's two ways to look at your life. Two perspectives. The perspective that we are to have about ourselves is that we are fallen, sinful, in need, great need of restoration and forgiveness. Humble. We're to be humble about ourselves. Thankful and gracious is the way we ought to portray ourselves to others around us. But then there's the perspective of the Lord, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
as he looks down from his perspective. From he looks down and sees the blood of Christ and we look pure to him, fully acceptable, completely forgiven, and loved like we can't even imagine or explain, and desired by God. Now the problem is, is we turn that around. Some people, not you, but some people turn that around, and they see themselves. That's what the world is preaching right now, isn't it? Love yourself. Well, I hardly even like myself. Why in the world would I love myself when my neighbor exists out there? Modern day psychology says, well, you you can't love others until you love yourself. You've got to make yourself number one in your life. You've got to find yourself. Then, then you'll be able to be productive in the world. Well, if you're looking for yourself, I've said it before, I've got news for you. There you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. A sinner, saved by grace, fallen and sinful, but loved so much, even as you are a sinner. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It's okay to be in your condition as long as you're looking to Jesus, as long as confession is on your lips, as long as you seek for forgiveness as long as you put into practice these words of the scriptures. He says we are but a mist. Jesus said we're like flowers of the field who bloom one day and the next day are withered and are gathered together and thrown into the furnace. So what should our mindset be if we are that frail? Our mindset should be on heavenly things. On heavenly things where moth and rust don't exist. We should be trying to expand the kingdom of God on earth and make that our primary goal in life. Keep our eyes on Jesus. As it is, 16, he says, you boast and brag. It's boasting and bragging to say you're going to go do something next week without checking in with the Lord. The Middle Eastern people have that all over us. Now, they do it often by rote. It's just a way they approach one another. How are you doing today? May the Lord bless you. May the Lord give us this day and, and all of that kind of stuff in other languages and things. And we say hi. We should say, season 
season your language. Season your language with the name of Jesus Christ. Or the term the Lord. Or God Almighty. People will love that. Oh, not all people. Some of them will hate that. But you'll be expressing your inner feelings. You'll be expressing your desire for the will of God in your life. Anyone who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it sins. It's talking about how we give God place in our lives. You can't do the good works. Don't think it's talking about doing the good works. Like if you go out and drive away from here on your home and to your home and you pass by a homeless person on the side of the road and you don't stop and give them money that somehow God gives you a black mark. That's not how it works. What's in your heart? Do you look at the person and say, Oh, that guy's made a bunch of mistakes. I'm, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. <laughs> that would be wrong. Or if I give him five bucks, all he's going to do, all he's going to do is go buy wine. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be an, uh, an enabler. That's not your choice to make. Didn't Jesus say, give to him who, who, who asks of you? But if you go by and you're traveling too fast, and you don't have five bucks in your pocket, and you pray for the guy and say, thank you, God, for that guy. Give him a, the best day that he can have in his situation and cause him to love Jesus Christ. then you have done what you're supposed to do. Even better that you do give him five dollars or a buck or like the guy that holds the sign that says, I bet you can't hit me with a quarter. But it's what's in your heart. It's where is Jesus in your life? That's what, that's what James is talking about here. Where is Jesus in your life? He says, listen now, you rich people. Well, we have to say right off the bat that it's not wrong to be rich. I said earlier that we are in the situation financially and socially and all of that because of God. So being wealthy can't be the sin if God did it. Again, again, it's a problem of the heart. Look what he says, how bad this is. Listen to this, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have Eaten your clothes, your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. And here's the reason. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. 
the heart that James is talking about there is the one that says, it's, it's my, me, mine. It's all mine. It's like, the, it's, it, it's similar, not exactly, but it's similar to Nebuchadnezzar. You remember Nebuchadnezzar, Nebi, the king of Babylon? Babylon is a fantastic city. If we saw it today, we would go, whoa, I had no idea they had something like that so long ago. That was fantastic. Well, Nebuchadnezzar went out on his porch one day in the, in, 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 in the palace and he looked out over Babylon and he said, See this great Babylon which I have built. What happened to Nebi? The Lord turned him into a beast of the field, probably a cow. And he went out into the field on the hillside, and it says the dew was on his back. He had lost his mind. The Lord took his mind from him. The interesting part about it, people get hung up on that. Oh, man, I hope that's not what God does to me. But the thing is, is he stayed in the field until he could realize the sovereignty of God. And it says, when he came to himself, and coming to himself was recognizing the sovereignty of God in his life and in his nation. Then could he be a decent ruler, and he was allowed to rule out his life recognize that it's not about us. It's not about you. It seems like it is. It's incongruent to think, well, it's not about me because, whoa, this is all I know. This is where I'm, uh, uh, I'm invested. But it's all about Jesus and the good life. The good life is when you've got your eyes on Jesus And following in his footsteps. You know, it says more about it. But the thing that it says is that when we are selfish, when we are arrogant and prideful, then this applies. When we are gracious, when we are thankful, when we are giving, then we have been forgiven and restored. What do you want? Which side do you want to be on? It is possible for you to live out your life in the socioeconomic strata in which you are now, it's even possible to go up a little bit or down a little bit or something like that, all the rest of your life. The Lord is gracious and giving and kind and long-suffering and all of those things, and he may let you do it. 
but it won't be full of peace and it won't be full of joy. It won't be the good life. Let us pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this passage from James. Yes, we, we accept from you good and bad. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for loving us so much that you would give us a passage like this. Help us to apply it to our lives and change our minds. Turn around a full 180 degrees, Heavenly Father, and become like Jesus more. I know there are many of us that do a very, very good job in this, but there's always more we can do because none of us can attain to Jesus in this life. But we're supposed to try, and so I pray you will bless us with power and authority by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.